Suit Friday, listeners. What's going on? Uh, we're continuing here in Elizabeth City, North Carolina. What's up, Kenny? Hey, man. How are you? Dude, I'm feeling good. I am drinking some really delicious beer right now. I know. I'm so excited. Yeah, I think we uh, we just jump right into that because we're, we're about to record with uh, the CEO of ALC and then um, Captain Retired Sal Palmieri, who... For the 65 pilots out there, most of them have heard of, of Sal and his legendary career. Um, but we're here in East City, and we're at Seven Sounds Brewery, and we've got the uh, co-owner of Seven Sounds right here, Dean Sean. Nice to, nice to have you here, Sam. Hey, good to see you guys. Yeah, thank you so much for having us here. Absolutely, uh, our pleasure. Yeah, we just got a, a tour. We got to meet the the brewer. We got to look at the old town or the old old building here. So, yeah, just go ahead and tell us a little bit about your um, brewery here. Yeah, it, it, it's... it's uh, even though we're called Seven Sounds Brewing Company, we're also dubbed as Seven Years Brewing Company because it took us so long to get this project <laughs> up and going. Yeah, uh, but but we did a, a full historic re- renovation of this fifteen thousand square foot building. So it took us a little while to get through that process. Yeah. So no, we're, we're fortunate to have some beautiful waterfront property here in Elizabeth City, and uh, with that, we started this project. Um, Several years ago, and finally we were able to open up just at the, the last week of December of this past year. So we've only been open about seven months. And so while. you have some affiliation with the Coast Guard too, some history and, and current history with the Coast Guard. I do. I yeah. do. I, I joined the Coast Guard back in the mid eighties. Uh-huh. I was uh, went off to boot camp, graduated second in my company. Uh, got second pick. I picked uh, Loran Station, which are no longer. Picked nice. Loran Station over <laughs> in Japan. So yeah. I, I spent a year over there on uh, what they called isolated duty. But we were fortunate enough to have some nearby towns. So came back, uh, went to the Group Eastern Shore for a few months, got picked up for uh, ATA school mm-hmm. and went to the air station. It was a H3 avionics and then uh, transitioned into the 60s as a 60 flight mech. Nice. Yeah. So yeah. spent about seven years in the Coast Guard, ended up getting out. I uh, was a paramedic. I ran the ambulance service here in town for about 20 years. Um, and then actually I went back to the Coast Guard as a federal civilian, and I currently work in the health and safety office at, uh, at ALC under Captain Wilson. So do you have, uh, what is, I think he said there's 1,800 people that work at ALC. Do you have 1,800 uh uh, people who come and frequent your brewery here, hopefully. <laughs> we have quite a few. Yeah. Uh, the Coast Guard supports us well, and, and we're pleased to be be part of the community in, in a Coast Guard City and Elizabeth City as well. Yeah, that's I awesome. Highly recommend drinking a beer here. What are you drinking, Kenny? I don't know. I don't, what, what is it? This one, is the one uh, more turn. The one more turn. That's yeah, our, what is this? Yeah, that's our hazy New England style IPA. It's uh, We have a single and a double. You're drinking the single. So the one more turn uh, is kind of a take on a, a turn is a bird, which is native to Northeastern North Carolina. So we've kind of picked some of those names up uh, as yeah. we kind of build our beer profiles. Yeah, that's, that's awesome. And it's very tasty. It's very good. Yeah, it's very good. Well, thank you so much for having us here, sir. Like, thank you for letting us uh, use your space and uh, continue this podcast. I really appreciate it. Absolutely. If anybody's listening, come to Seven Sounds Brewery. Um, actually, one more question. Why is it called Seven Sounds? Um, you know, it's it's interesting. So we we batted around names for a number of years, and we kind of wanted to pick up that coastal uh, North Carolina theme. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, our goal, our vision is to kind of move out and distribute throughout uh, 
Northeastern North Carolina. Right. And at the time we started the project, there just weren't many breweries up in this area. So with that, we uh, there are actually seven sounds, uh, sound meaning a body of water mm-hmm. in the state of North Carolina. And if you've ever seen our logo, it kind of takes the number seven and incorporates the, the North Carolina coast. Yeah. So we kind of represent the East coast of North Carolina and we're, we're pretty proud to do that as well. Yeah. With excellent beer. Yeah. yeah I'm, I'm, I'm sold. Very excited. Yeah. <laughs> All right, sir. Well, I really appreciate it. Thanks for uh, coming on. Absolutely. Our Happy. pleasure. Cheers. Uh, cheers. Man, Kenny, this is a great spot. I'm so excited that we're here today and uh, just get a chance to explore Elizabeth city. How are you feeling? I'm feeling great. Yeah. One more turn. So we're about to jump into our, our interview here. We've got two uh, legends of Coast Guard aviation and, and specifically aviation engineering um, and in the 65 side, best aircraft in the fleet, obviously. Um, so without further ado, should we jump into it? Let's do it. All right. All right. Flight Suit Friday listeners, what's going on? I got uh, Captain Wilson here with me and uh, Sal Palmieri. Um, welcome, guys. Hey, guys. Hey, yeah. how you doing, guys? Good, uh, good. Yeah, great to have you here. Um, we should say Captain Retired, Sal Palmieri, uh, 40 years of service, sir? Uh, 40, 42, 42 years. 42 active duty? Yeah. Yes. Wow. And then uh, five more as a contractor. Five more as a contractor. <laughs> and still going. Still going. And still going. Is there a retirement in sight? Uh, not at this point, no. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Just go until forever. That's forever. Awesome. Yep. Yeah. Or until the bills are paid off. Man. Well, um, first of all, uh, Captain Wilson, thank you so much for having us here. Oh, thanks for coming. Yeah. Thanks for bringing us into ALC. This has been an awesome experience. Kenny and I got a chance to tour the LRS, MRS facilities. And, and you, uh, Captain Palmer, you, you work for medium range. Uh, what is, what's the S stand for? Surveillance. Surveillance. Thank you. Okay, I was going to say support. You've only said it Dummy. 30 times today, yes, but that's right. okay. Okay. This is literally why I invited you guys. Yes, to I know. <laughs> and and we still aren't going to get it. That, that's okay. We're going to get it. We're going to get it. Okay, so you work for MRS? I work for MRS, uh, mm-hmm. more specifically on the C-27 side. Okay. Um, well, why don't we just jump in with you first, sir? Can you just give us a... Hey, here, this is me, who, who I am, uh, where you're from, sir, what your Coast Guard career has been uh, this far, and uh, specifically broken down by year for 42 years straight. We need- <laughs> okay, we'll, we'll be here for a while. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Get more beer. Got it. Okay. Yeah, got it. Okay, well, I'm originally from uh, Long Island, New York, a town called East Meadow, and um, that's where I was kind of exposed to the Coast Guard. I had some neighbors mm-hmm. that were in the Coast Guard and uh, took me on tours, and, um, and I like to tell the story, my... Um, Little league coach, assistant coach, mm-hmm. uh, was a uh, FNS warrant at Brooklyn Air Station, mm-hmm. and um, he used to he took us out there one one day and sat us in. At that point, they had uh, still had H threes out there, mm-hmm. and uh, sat us in an H three, and I was hooked forever after that. So, uh, not necessarily aviation, but uh, I wanted to drive small boats around uh, the Long Island area. Yeah, no way. Yeah. So, uh, so. One real quick question. Were yeah. you a, a Mets or a Yankees fan? Yankees. Yankees. Yes. Okay. So don't mention Red Sox. Not okay. Uh, you know, I can almost deal with the Red Sox. It's okay. some, some like the Tampa Bays and the Torontos. That, uh, <laughs> no, no, boy, no, no, no way. Okay. So. Sorry. Continue. <laughs> okay. Um, so anyway, I uh, ended up uh, enlisting in the Coast Guard right after high school in um, October of uh, 1975. Mm-hmm. Went in. Um, following boot camp, I went to uh, my dream station out at uh, Montauk Point. Oh, uh, no way. Yeah. Which stayed is, uh, in Long Island. Yeah. Stayed in Long Island. That's uh, for those that don't know, it's the very Eastern uh, tip of Long Island. Mm-hmm. 
So um, I was there for a couple years as a non-rate and uh, eventually made a BM3 there. And uh, following that, got transferred to Brooklyn Supply Center, which is uh, no longer around. But mm-hmm. uh, I was a third-class BOSA mate working for a first-class BOSA mate. And I had uh, nine non-rates working for me. Mm-hmm. And what we did, we drove fork trucks um, around, the, <laughs> around the warehouse all day long, <laughs> loading and offloading uh, tractor-trailer trucks. That's and, awesome. Um, having uh, fork truck races in between loads. Oh, yeah? So, yeah, it was, it was a good time. Necessary. Time. So, uh, fortunately, I, uh, a friend of mine volunteered to um, do a mutual with me, and I ended up heading back to uh, Station Montauk for, for another uh, about a year and a half. Mm-hmm. Uh, made BM2 there. was a coxswain uh, on the 41-footer and 44-footer. Mm-hmm. And um, ended up uh, leaving there in 1979. Um, put in for... Uh, well, if I may go back a little bit, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, we still do it today. We have a helo go out and do a helo ops with, with the stations. Right. And um, I remember uh, one day an H-52 came out and landed in our backyard it's at the station. Mm-hmm. And these guys were in orange flight suits and brown leather flight jackets and shiny black shoes. And mm-hmm. I'm going like, I got to do this. Yeah. This, is, this is, looks really cool. Yeah. And um so I, I put in for uh, AMA school. I was at the end of my enlistment. Um, ended up getting orders. I only had to wait for, for a couple of weeks. Was that lateral an easy thing to do back then? I thought you were, I mean, now it feels like you're in a track and you continue in that track, but. Well, I, I, um, I did the lateral. Um, I went in as a BM2 mm-hmm. and when I graduated, I was a AM3. So I got reverted back to a third class. But um, they looking for extra people to swap to aviation at that point or no, it was um, okay. at that time. We're, Just a we're pretty fat. Yeah. Yeah. Um, in route there, I got married okay. to uh, my wonderful wife, Marge, and, Marge. Uh, still with me to this day. Mm-hmm. Thank God. <laughs> 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 so we came down here to Elizabeth City and uh, uh, went, went through uh, a school and uh, I was fortunate enough. They, they let me live off base. So I had a uh, apartment downtown here. Yeah. And uh, so which was really cool. Uh, have, we, we do study at my house and a bunch of guys will come over, have some beer and study. Yeah. And, um, so, um, so following uh, a school, I ended up, uh, orders to uh, Cape Cod, Yep, which was a wonderful place. Probably one of my favorite units. Um, while I was there, uh, I got qualified in the, uh, H 52 and the H three in my, like my last year there was H three, mostly primarily 52s. Mm-hmm. And, um, I was there for uh, four years and then got orders to Air Station Savannah mm-hmm. in 19, we're up 1984 about now. Mm-hmm. Um, Sam, are you born yet? <laughs> nope, still okay. not born. Okay. That's a good question. Yeah, I got two years to go until okay. I... Yeah. All right, I was probably retirement eligible when you were born. <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> so, um, yeah, Air Station Savannah, another, another great place. That was before the uh, new hangar was built. So right. we had... Um, couple of the uh, hangers on the army side there and, and the, um, um, what's currently, I guess the wardroom up there now, it looks like the control tower, but, uh, but a great place. I uh, really enjoyed it, but I was, uh, I was there for about a year and a half and my uh, engineering officer, uh, Lieutenant commander, uh, Butch Denmark mm-hmm. at the time and, uh, Lieutenant or maybe Lieutenant JG, Charlie Ray were, were, were there. No and, way. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Basically. And, uh, and tried to talk me into putting in an application for, uh, for OCS. Mm-hmm. So um, I was reluctant at first. I, did, I didn't really want to do it, um, quite honestly, because um, I'd be there on duty nights and I'd walk into admin. I see the admin lieutenant there and 
typing his OER, you know, mm-hmm. to the whole hours of the night and mm-hmm. don't, doesn't even have duty. So I'm like, man, I don't want to do that. Mm-hmm. It's crazy. But, um, I ended up putting a package together, um, and, um, uh, put it in. I was shooting for a, I think it was a June or July class. Um, a few weeks later, I got the, the call from uh, personnel and they basically said, uh, we're sorry, but, uh, you didn't make the cut for as a primary, but we got you as an alternate. Mm-hmm. And I said, okay, thank you very much. I tried, uh, didn't make it. Sorry. Okay. <laughs> so, sweet, sweet. So, yeah. so, um, uh, moving forward a couple months, uh, like September, I got another call from uh, personnel command. They said, um, starting up another OCS class in October and we're taking all the alternates from last class, making them primaries for this one. Are mm-hmm. you still interested? Mm-hmm. So at that point, uh, I uh, said, sure, why not? And, um, I, I, I did it, went, um, went there at OCS and then, um, Graduated there in February of '87. Mm-hmm. I was born. You in born? '86. Okay. So, okay. Good. Yep, I was born. So you were born while I was in OCS. <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay. Yep. Okay. Cool. Yeah. All right. Uh, I was fortunate enough to uh, go right to flight school after OCS. So uh, so that was uh, that was awesome. Didn't have to go to another unit. Right. Um, uh, following uh, flight school, of course, I did my transition course right away, even before I checked into my new unit. Mm-hmm. And that new unit was uh, Air Station Brooklyn. Oh, nice. Yeah. Cool. Super place. Yeah. I was so disappointed when they closed that place. Yeah. uh, um, It was really cool. I was there for almost five years there. How Uh, close to home? uh, You driving home on the weekends kind of thing at that point, right? No, I was was pretty close to home, about an hour from home. Yeah, that's nice. Um, So uh, we lived in, uh, there was a military housing area right uh, almost in my hometown. So Mm -hmm. we were fortunate enough to get housing there. Mm -hmm. And there were several other pilots uh, from Brooklyn that also lived there. So we were, we would carpool. Yeah. And uh, it's a great, great, great time. Um, so I was Brooklyn. I did my student engineering tour my last year in Brooklyn. Mm-hmm. And uh, and then ended up going to uh, Corpus Christi. And uh, this was, uh, I got it written down here, 1993, mm-hmm. Corpus Christi. This was just right after the uh, Brooklyn mishap. Mm-hmm. But, and um, so I ended up in Corpus. I was the assistant. 60 assistant EO it's for the 65s there mm-hmm. uh, spent uh, four years in Corpus Christi and went to um, air station Humboldt Bay as the EO mm-hmm. there spent uh, three years there uh, another great great tour really really loved Humboldt Bay mm-hmm. um, and uh, following that I was uh, ended up in Atlantic City as an EO so I got back to back EO tours wow did you really so, yeah so cool. uh, and that was pre NCR though so we had uh, yeah. six or seven helicopters at the time okay. but it was all in Atlantic City mm-hmm. so so that was a that was really nice was that when they had created Atlantic City um, the first it wasn't it, it was Cape May and Brooklyn <clears throat> that came together to form Atlantic City right right and that, this was uh, I think they did that in ninety eight I want to say so okay. this this was uh, two thousand now so okay. so, so they had been there a couple years pretty new so, though yeah pretty, pretty new unit pretty new yeah. Um, uh, three years at uh, Atlantic City, and then ended up coming uh, down here to ALC. I was initially in the uh, uh, AR and SC, I should say, but uh, mm-hmm. uh, the uh, AR and SC liaison to Deepwater at the time, and um, spent about eight months doing that. Then uh, fleeted up to the sixty-five uh, PLM product mm-hmm. line manager, mm-hmm. and then did that for about uh, about a year, and then ended up uh, fleeting up to XO here. So. Uh, <coughs> So uh, almost four years, yeah, four years here at, uh, at ARNSC at the time. What is ARNSC? Aircraft uh, uh, Repair and Supply Center. Okay. So a little, little name change there. Yep. But, uh, 
so following here, I ended up, uh, got orders as a uh, air station LA as a CO out there. Mm-hmm. And again, another wonderful unit, uh, two year old five, uh, command, but, uh, yeah. but really, really neat place to, to fly out of and just, just be around what the, what Los Angeles has to offer out there. It's, it's just amazing. What was the, what was the year? You weren't there when, uh, Kyle Marusic was there as the ops boss. Were yes, you? I was. Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah okay. I sure was. Yeah. yeah. Cause I mean, I, I think there's no 65 pilot doesn't know Kyle has oh, yeah. gone through, uh, yep. mobile. That's yeah. right. Yeah. He's down there with you guys now. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. yeah he was a great, great guy. I'm sure. I really enjoyed flying with him and, and working with him. So. Yeah. Yeah, it's Super. hard to imagine him in like an active duty capacity now. It's, yeah, it's really, really hard to imagine him in a flight suit. Yeah, it really is. <laughs> What's he doing now? Is he? <laughs> yeah, he's still a 65 instructor. And uh, well, he there was a short um, time period that he was going to go be a C-27 sim instructor. They're going to make him into a new sim instructor. And I think that's shifted back. I don't know, um, you know, Kenny, probably. Yeah, he, he's staying 65, at least for the near, yeah. near future. Yeah. yeah. Good. So I'm sorry to interrupt. Oh, no, no, no I was that's, curious. that's awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Uh, I got it written down here, so I'm not losing my place. So, <laughs> uh, so uh, following um, my, my two years in LA, I thought for sure I was going to be headquarters bound. And I get the call that uh, from uh, OPM. They say, how does uh, DRM at D13 sound? Mm-hmm. I said, absolutely sign mm-hmm. me up. So, mm-hmm. yep. <laughs> so, Ready. So, uh, so I ended up going up to uh, Seattle and uh, lived on Bainbridge Island out there. And it was just a really super tour. Really, really enjoyed it. Um, that was your first non-flying. That was my first non-flying AD. job. Yeah. Yes. Wow. Yeah. And this is now, uh, 2009. Okay. So, so I was there from 2009, 2011. Mm-hmm. Um, I screened for a command, uh, put in for command, ended up getting a uh, sector or at that time group Humboldt Bay. Yep. So I'm back there as, as a group commander. Yep. And then, uh, while we were there, we transferred to, uh, uh transition to the sector. Mm-hmm. I was done with my tour there in 2014. And I was gonna gonna retire and hang it up, and I uh, get a call from uh, I don't know if you know Keith Overstreet. Mm-hmm. So um, he was um, CD uh, forty one uh, little A with a deputy out there at the mm-hmm. time, mm-hmm. and he calls me up and says, "Hey, I know you're thinking about retiring, but uh, we got an open up here in CD forty one, and uh, you'd be a great fit for it." And I'm like, "Well, I don't, I, you know, I don't know. I, I managed to avoid headquarters for." 39 years at that point. And yeah, I was like, yeah, that is incredible. <laughs> I, was like, I was like, but um, after several uh, uh, several conversations with him, I, I, I agreed. My, I talked to my wife and she's like, yeah, well, DC would be kind of neat to, to go to. And I went, okay, okay, sign me up. Yeah. So, uh, so we went and did that uh, gig for three years. Turned out to be a pretty wonderful tour, actually. Yeah, so CD41 and uh, really enjoyed it. I spent a lot of time coming down here, which was, which was great. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, retired in, uh, let me see, July of uh, 2017, in August 2017, I started with my current contract job here. So I was got enough time to move my household goods down here and start work. So, <laughs> so. What, what do you think has been your favorite tour that you've been assigned? <clears throat> That's a tough one. Um, I would I would say may, maybe Cape Cod was. Okay. Um, mostly because of the area, and um, but. Uh, Humboldt Bay is probably a close, close second. Yeah. Uh, of course, yeah, it's, it's hard to say. I mean, the only one tour that I uh, maybe didn't particularly would want to go back to might've been Corpus. Okay. Um, and, and that was because, um, it's just, Corpus. Because of the heat and Corpus. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> it's Corpus. Oh, yeah. Was there any point in your career where you were like, uh, actually thought you were going to go 42 years after duty service? Um, especially when you started where like, this is my goal. I'm going to, no, no, stick it no, out for that long. Not at all. It was uh, I was gonna, re- you know, 
get out after my first enlistment. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> in fact, uh, it was a BM2 buddy of mine. We were going to, we were uh, thinking about being ski instructors and going to Switzerland and do all this stuff because we used to do a lot of skiing, snow skiing. That's a great idea. And uh, it didn't work out. But, okay. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so, so I got married and uh, figured, well, I need a job. So this, this, this Coast Guard gig's not too bad. So so I, uh, you know, stayed in, obviously. And uh, especially when I went to aviation, it was just, uh, you know, I just, I was just blown away. And it was yeah. just, uh, just an amazing. And I felt so honored and grateful to... Uh, to, you know, have such a job for so long. So, yeah. So oh, it was, yeah. It was, uh, it was amazing. Well, that's awesome, sir. I mean, um, I, I kind of did this on purpose because I want you to follow up uh, with your story. <laughs> oh, what? Really? <laughs> After that? Yeah. No, yeah. I decline. <laughs> I'm done with this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, we don't want to leave you out, sir. So um, obviously current standing ALCCO, um, I got to serve with you. Kenny and I both got to serve with you when we were in San Francisco, yeah. which was awesome. That's great. Um, and uh, I don't know. I was diving to where where have you where you been? Where uh, where are you from? Uh, how's your career been so far? No, oh, it's been great. I uh, I really do regret following uh, Sal on this. I should have <laughs> scheduled this totally differently. Uh, my story is not nearly as exciting as all that. Uh, Navy brat, uh, grew up all over. And uh, uh, while we were stationed at uh, Army War College, uh, I was actually in a, a Boy Scout troop with Tony Hahn. Oh, really? Uh, many of you guys probably know him. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. His family obviously, uh, you know, pushed him or somehow he found his way into the Coast Guard. And I was looking up to that, to that and there was a, an adult leader that uh, also introduced the idea to me because I had grown up wanting to do what my dad did, flying Navy jets. And mm -hmm. I'm not sure exactly why I listened, but man, I'm happy I did. And uh, uh, went to the academy and um, uh, went to a cutter for a couple of years, flight school. Uh, the... Uh, the cutter CO uh, was not super pleased with me applying for uh, really? flight school. Yeah, uh, which I took as a you know a good thing. That it's a compliment. Yeah, I, I felt yeah. that way. Yeah. yeah, he didn't like aviators to begin with, but uh, but yeah, uh, that was Admiral Stever T, uh, commander at the time. But mm -hmm. uh, but it was good to where I look back on the the cutter. I'm really happy I went. Um, I know that I didn't enjoy it. Like mm -hmm. in the back of my mind, I know I didn't enjoy it, but, mm -hmm. but you know how it is. I have, I have good memories and uh, good friends from there. Yeah. It's one of those things where you like, I, yeah, I, I would not want to be a career cutter man, but I look back on my time and yeah. it was a, what an amazing time right. to be thrown in. You're 22 years old. Yeah. You're mm -hmm. in charge of a division. You're floating out in the middle of, you know, off yeah. the Eastern Pacific and you're in charge of this giant cutter, or, you know, I'm yeah, assuming you were sovereign a, national territory executing laws yeah. and yeah. Yeah, I'm it's making fantastic. sure these two giant diesels don't explode yeah. and, you yeah. know. So yeah. you're below decks too, yeah. No, I was not. Oh, you were not? No, I was no. not. Oh, I was Me neither. Still. Yeah. <laughs> I was crazy enough to do two tours, but I, I enjoyed it. Sorry, <laughs> continue, sir. Yeah, no, flight school uh, and then uh, stationed in San Francisco. Uh, met my wife in, uh, while I was in flight school, and then mm -hmm. uh, she agreed to come out to San Francisco. Uh, and then um, great, great first aviation tour. Just fantastic. Picked up a couple of deployments out of there. Uh, it was cool to go back to the cutter as an aviator. Uh, very, very different experience. Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah. And a lot, um, a lot of movies to watch. Yep. Watched a lot of movies, mm -hmm. picked on the XO and uh, yeah, good times. Um, but that first wardroom, and I think a lot of folks, we talked about this a little bit earlier today. A lot of folks have very fond memories of their first Wardroom. Ours, mm -hmm. I feel like in particular, was particularly good. And mm -hmm. a lot of great friends from that time. Uh, very, uh, you know, we, like you were saying, Kenny, earlier today, talking about uh, 
did I have a good group of competent people? And when we had that, then went to, uh, did my, uh, student engineering, uh, year there. Uh, Captain Hines was my, uh, CEO. Sal, you remember him? Oh yeah. Yeah. yeah and I uh, got into the program with him, but you know, honestly, I, I got there. I didn't know that I wanted to do that for sure. I'd been to EOIT on the cutter and, uh, while I, uh, when I got back from one of my deployments, uh, ARSC called saying they needed a co-pilot for a trip across the country. And, uh, I was like, heck yeah, I'll fly to wherever this is. Where's this that I'm going? And, uh, I was still so such a new co-pilot, but I signed up, and uh, it was uh, um, Lieutenant Commander Brad Bean came oh. over from ARSC. Oh, wow. and I didn't know him from anybody, and uh, he picked up one of our planes and flew across the country. He told me about the program on the way across, and I was like, "Man, I'm in." And uh, when we got to, he was so he was such a nice guy. When we got to uh, uh, Elizabeth City, you know, it was Saturday night, 11 p.m. or something when we got there, and he walked me out onto the hangar deck, turned on all the lights, and and walked me down the line and, and showed me what it looks like to take an H-65 all the way apart and uh, put it back together again. And I was like, man, I want to be a part of that. That's mm -hmm. cool. So uh, we, uh, anyway, I did my uh, student year there. And uh, I remember during my student year, in fact, uh, you know, you come back to ARSC uh, for a couple of weeks here and there. And while I was there was when you showed up, Sal, and that's when I met you. Yeah. And, uh, I think you were getting a tour and it was like, uh, you know, everybody, the seas parted as you walked into, uh, the SRR <laughs> offices, uh, everyone was like very, you know, you know, gesticulating here comes Sal. And I was like, who's Sal? And uh, yeah, this legend know. walked in. It was like Darth Vader walking in or something. <laughs> I didn't know if I was supposed to be afraid or, or what, <laughs> but, uh, it was good. It was Don Dyer was a uh, product line EO at the oh, time. Yeah. Yep. yeah. yeah. It was exciting times. Yeah. Yeah, in fact, uh, I want to say that during that visit was when Admiral Brown announced we were re-engineering. Right, and we were kind of doing it on the side anyways. But. Yeah, yeah, these guys, uh, <laughs> uh, the 6560 had turbo mecha engines on it, mm -hmm. but we were not supposed to have that. Are we allowed to say that now? It has I, the, I don't know. <laughs> the, the statute of limitations has yeah. expired yeah, on this. Expired. <laughs> I would and, probably uh, not say <laughs> Admiral, Admiral Brown comes down, he's like, uh, make sure that that plane does not have engines on it when I come down. Was that a uh, like a under the table? I don't side really project, know. The, or? Sal, you you know the full story. All I know is that when Admiral Brown did his tour, they towed that plane out of one end of the hangar while he was inside the hangar, and they towed it back in the other end of the hangar. So behind him, they brought it back in. No way. <laughs> yeah, true story. <laughs> Wow. That's true. It is true. Oh, okay. True I thought story. you were trying to deny it. No, no, no. That's a true story. We're going to cut this part. <laughs> no. I don't know. Check the lawyers first. Yeah. yeah. I had no idea. Yeah. 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 That's cool. That story is totally hyperbole and not true. Got it. <laughs> Noted. <laughs> but uh, anyway, so uh, I really enjoyed my student year. Uh, mm -hmm. uh, did a, I think I did a deployment in the middle of it. It was, it was kind of tough. Uh, and um, anyway, I got orders to Miami. Never executed them. Uh, some... People changed up their plans and Savannah opened up and uh, Pete Trotson had gone out there and uh, I don't know if he put in a good word or not, but I was calling him, begging him to get me up to Savannah. I'd, it's not that I didn't want to go to Miami, that'd have been great, but uh, the Savannah job was actually an assistant EO job. Uh, and so uh, that worked out, uh, had a great tour there and um, we're for uh, John Hollingsworth and Dave Ehlers and uh, and a lot of notable folks come through there. Good memories. Mm -hmm. Um, that's when we started doing AI. Mm -hmm. Uh, that was the only way I was going to get an IP qual out of Jason church. He was not about <laughs> to give 
uh, an IP qual to an engineer, uh, but then he got kind of stuck and uh, needed one more (laughs) for this new AI qual. So finagled my way into getting an IP qual. Nice. Cool. Uh, Did deployments up to NCR. Actually did a deployment to uh, now closed Air Station Brooklyn. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I got to fly out of there for a couple weeks uh, while we were working the UN General Assembly. Oh, very cool. That's pretty cool. Um, uh, Then Purdue Mm -hmm. uh, Structures Program. Mm -hmm. Uh, For a long time, I would say those best two years of my career. I don't think I can say that anymore, but, man, that was good, uh, being able to go full-time student. Uh, First semester, though, man, that was just struggling. Hard to get back to the math. Yeah. Yeah, but uh, had good, good support. Now we're good friends out there Had uh, you know, Olaf Sabo and Jim Spittler were with me at the same time. And, uh, Brian Erickson was out there. Uh, Brad McNally is good. Good group of yeah, folks. Great bunch. Yeah. yeah. Uh, then, uh, payback tour, uh, to ALC changed, had na- changed the name somewhere in that story. Yep. And, uh, went, worked in the, uh, air worthiness sustainment branch for a little while and then moved up to uh, ESD chief and, uh, Really a good fit for me. I, I honestly had really wanted to go to the product line. Uh, had big designs on doing that thing that uh, Brad Bean and showed me, taking the planes yeah. apart, putting them back together. But uh, uh, for whatever reason, they decided to put me in uh, ESD. And, man, it fit me really well. I enjoyed that tour. had more autonomy and responsibility and authority than I'd ever had. And, oh. and I feel like uh, we did pretty good work. Um, then, uh, then it was decision time. I, I tell the commanders leave in ALC, and, uh, and I continue to tell them that now is is that's a tough tough moment in your career. That's you know, they all are very stressed about uh, getting the COXO job, or if they're a little bit more junior, trying to get a senior EO job. Okay. And I was no different, uh, but took a uh, an ec- or an EO job rather, where I knew uh, Tim Borelli was the XO and knew he was going to be leaving. And uh, by the time he left, I would be. Pretty darn senior as a commander, and uh, <laughs> they would have trouble finding someone senior to me to be my boss. So it was my best bet at getting an EXO job. So, but those two years as uh, EO man, that was that was fantastic. Had you know, going from being uh, EO at uh, ALC to being EO at a small unit and, uh, and growing it. You guys were there then. We grew it to uh, being a large unit. They upgraded the job to be a, an O five job. So I, the job grew in to fit me, mm-hmm. and uh, it was great. Side question: How many um, how how many aviators do you think actually put in for EXO jobs for a full tour as an EXO, versus how many that try and plan their career so they fleet up from ops to EXO or EO to EXO? Oh, the the real yeah. ticket is EO to CO. Skip EXO. That's <laughs> yeah. that's happened. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh really? Yeah. Oh yeah. I didn't know that actually yeah. could happen. That is a best practice. Wow. <laughs> I was uh, I was only XO for one year, and I'll tell you that's also a good practice. Yeah, that's what that's what <laughs> yeah. I was curious about. Is and if you can couple, kind of line it up, yeah. That way. yeah. And if you can couple that with being senior to ops, that's also a winner. Okay. Even better. Yeah. 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 Uh, John Betcourt and I were uh, really good friends. Uh, but yeah, uh, got the the fleet up after a couple of years, uh, and uh, you know, as you guys know, I was I was home. Mm-hmm. It was fantastic. Hard to leave. Um, uh, screen for command, screen for, you know, the senior service schools, um, all that stuff. And, uh, they offered me Navy war college and I hadn't really thought much about the war colleges. I was thinking more about the fellowships at that point in my career. I thought that would fit me better. And I had never really studied anything in the liberal arts. And last time I did was a single class at the Academy where I got, you know, a D and, 
And I was like, man, I, <laughs> I don't believe you. Uh, I, I, I did. Yeah. Oh really? yeah, no, no. I, I struggled with the academy. First to tell you, I did not do great there. Um, but anyway, uh, called my mentors and they're like, hey, you don't say no to that unless you're really done. And, uh, mm. uh, you know, a couple of folks who had done that sort of thing told me, no, no, it's great. You're going to do great. And so I, I went out there, you know, open-minded and uh, really threw myself at it. Uh, but, you know, I had not even done JPME one at that point. And so detailers like, yeah, you better get that done before you show up. Mm -hmm. <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, luckily, Kent Everingham was my boss at the time. And he's like, yeah, take Fridays off and work on that. It was, it was good. Mm -hmm. That's why I was gone that last year, guys. That, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, at that unit is what I realized because- I probably you, wasn't there either. That's why I'm giving you the weird. You did that. Camparelli did that when he was yeah. XO. And yeah, it was they always just you. like, mm -hmm. we haven't done JPME yet. And yeah. you're just busting your butt trying to get it done yeah. Yeah, it before was, going there. Yeah, and if you're going to workology, you have to take it serious. You can't yeah. just check the box. And so I and I hadn't, you know. JPME, you get it done yet? Silent? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Sweet. Right, got, got it. That sounded like you hadn't even started. I was just curious. <laughs> All right. What's JPME again? Yeah. <laughs> Joint Professional Military Education. Yeah. I got it right. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, I, I, you know, before going to work college, I was spooked by the idea of going to work college. So I took my JPME very seriously and, uh -huh. uh, and uh, enjoyed it actually. Um, some, some of the sections are not that interesting, but like some of it was really good. I had mm -hmm. not read at that level. Uh, outside of engineering ever. And mm -hmm. so anyway, War College was the same thing. I got out there and I was, you know, going to the writing workshops and all because I was worried about how, you know, if I could write, you know, the same as the folks who had been studying that stuff their whole lives. And mm -hmm. did great. Enjoyed it. Uh, really enjoyed it, in fact, and recommend it. Glad I did that. Uh, payback for that was uh, uh, be the CG4EA and uh, work for Admiral Bubulus uh, and then Admiral Moore. And uh, that was a great... Uh, it's almost like, you know, coming of age as a senior officer moment, going into headquarters, had not been to headquarters yet, uh, just made captain and uh, got to see how headquarters works mm -hmm. really up and close, up close and personal, you know, wearing a, wearing a loop on your shoulder gives you a lot of authorities that you are, you know, respect maybe that you don't feel like you've earned yet, mm -hmm. or I hadn't uh, earned yet, I didn't think. Uh, but it was great to, to see it and have the, the trust and confidence of the senior executives uh, in the service mm -hmm. learned a lot. Both of you didn't go to headquarters till your 06s. Yeah. Yeah. That's impressive. Also a best practice. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if that's possible. Anymore. I don't think that's possible anymore. <laughs> I don't anymore. think yeah. so. No way. Yeah. Detailers, listen, you can go as an 06. Yeah. <laughs> in fact, when I got there, there was a, a GS-15 who had been there for decades. He was like, he met me, it was very cordial. And then when it came out that I had not been to headquarters before, he said, he, he ended the conversation and said, you're going to fail. Walked out. Yeah. Sweet. <laughs> oh, man. I was like, wow. It, so wasn't I, was it a joke? I don't, I think so. Probably. Okay. okay. Yeah. He's a very dry guy. I did okay. get to know him later, but uh, uh, it was, it, you know, maybe it lit a little fire in my belly too yeah, to yeah, prove that guy wrong. First day. Yeah. yeah. Where, 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 what office did he work in? <laughs> yeah. Not, Okay. He's gone now. In fact, he's retired. <laughs> Tell you later. I had a similar experience. That's why I say, Oh that. yeah. Yeah. It's just checked into 41 and found out. Well, he's yeah. gone. I mean, he's in CG nine. Okay. Someone yeah. in nine. I think it days. might be the same one. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. Well, uh, you got the share names spiel. later, but I didn't get the same <laughs> spiel, but I got that. I got the body language that, yeah. uh, you're, you're not going to make, you're not gonna make it. Not so, going to make it. But, uh, it was, it was an opening tour and, uh, I was going to talk about it later too, but you know, 
I hate to say it, but maybe you should go to headquarters earlier in your career because when you go there as a 06, you're expected to know things. And yeah, it was like, wow, I had a huge uh, learning curve there. First of all, you got to navigate the puzzle palace. Well, that's you're lost on the wrong floor. That's half the battle. Yeah. 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 <laughs> well, I tell you, I, I never at any point in my career did I have the, the thought that I was going to make it this far. So I didn't think like I should go get a staff tour, you know, knock that out yeah. to get that experience. You know, I just, it was always like, I would like to go continue flying. Oh, that looks like a cool mission. I'd like to do that. Yeah. Oh, I'd like to go to school. That'd be awesome. Yeah. And always, you know, like you were saying, never thought I would get in. Like you were talking about OCS. It's the same yeah. for me. I applied yeah. to Purdue thinking, yeah, they're not going to let me do do that. I did poorly at the academy, <laughs> you know, so. I, think I feel like as an 06 at headquarters, you'd be like, why do we do it this way? And, and instantly there's like 04s and 05 scambling to figure it out. Whereas like as an 04, like, what do you mean you don't know how this works? Like, don't you know this stuff? <laughs> yeah. You know, at least. No, hey, the 06 is asking. So yeah, I don't think you have a concept of how many 06s are at headquarters. Yeah. <laughs> Tons. <laughs> I wouldn't know. I've never been. Yeah, <laughs> nobody scrambled when I asked why we did things a certain way. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah I, I did a tour of headquarters for two days. Yeah, one yeah, of the seven eleven. Check the brief. box. Check the yep. box. Done. Good job. <laughs> yeah, thanks, sir. So you went. To, you were at headquarters, uh, and then did you come down here after that tour? Yeah, yeah, okay. sure did. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Uh, yep. you, have you had a favorite? Um, I know that you mentioned uh, San Francisco. Um, well, I'll I'll say yeah, San Francisco's home for me for sure. Being stationed there a couple times, but uh, uh, but no, I, I'm going to say ALC and not for the most obvious reason, but uh, shortly after leaving ALC the first time, I was in San Francisco home the whole bit. Jim Spitler had left at the same time and he was down in Corpus. He called me a couple of months in and uh, at some point in the conversation, he was just checking in, you know, and he says, hey, do you miss ALC? And I was like, eh, I hadn't really thought about it, but mm-hmm. I do. Mm-hmm. And I think what I missed was the, the reach and impact and authority and autonomy that you have when yeah. you're working at ALC. It's, yeah. it's pretty staggering how quickly you get the ability to do things. Um, so b- before we jump into a bunch of sea stories, I, I just want to recognize that uh, at least in the San Francisco wardroom that I grew up in, you are known as Hegalm, Tad Hegalm uh, Wilson. Um, and <laughs> there's a specific Velvet Elvis story that surrounds that. And I didn't get a Velvet Elvis, did I? Yeah, you yeah, had oh, name really? tags, or you were serving yeah. us beer in the wardroom, a hundred percent. And before you describe what actually happens, if anybody wants to see a visual of this along uh, the way, uh, look up SpongeBob tribute movie on YouTube, and uh, it'll give you a good view of uh, of how we kind of just you know twisted the knife in uh, Captain Wilson over here when we were doing a safety stand out. <laughs> but anyway, sir, can you proceed? Uh, with SpongeBob and why we lost. Wait, you want the, a good the true story from me, or do you want Kenny to tell a funny? I would. Story? I would like to hear your version. Yeah, let's hear and your I'll just version. Jump in if I yep. need to correct anything. <laughs> mm-hmm. So I, I'm, I have terrible memory, but uh, yeah, uh, we were out flying uh, with two aircraft flying. You were in the other plane, right, Kenny? I think so. Yeah, and uh, I had a flight mech under instruction. I don't remember who that was, but I remember that the flight mech instructor was uh, Blaze D. Potts. Oh, Blaze Potts. Yeah. Yep. Who's now chief at ALC. Is he? Have you guys seen him? You no. Know, to no make sure you see him tomorrow. Yeah. yeah. Um, so uh, we were, the winds were such that we were working uh, in San Francisco Bay facing the, the bridge and uh, the Golden Gate. And so Alcatraz was behind us and mm-hmm. we were working up, you know, Somewhere around Chrissy Field, not quite Fort Point, but, you know, that, you know, the 
eastern end of Chrissy Field, mm-hmm. but out mm-hmm. the bay, of course. And uh, we deployed SpongeBob, and uh, flight mech under instruction was going through checklists, but the tide was flooding and quickly. And so I remember talking to Blaze. Blaze and I had quite a few hours together by then. And so I was talking to Blaze, hey, how are we doing uh, back there? Uh, are you starting to see the 25 yard markers for Alcatraz? Because mm-hmm. we were back. I mean, it's, you know, it floods at like six, seven knots. Yeah. You had SpongeBob in sight at this time? I did. Okay. But I, you know, I'm backing down basically. I mean, okay. nose is into the wind, but I'm backing down with the flooding, you know, at six or seven knots, mm-hmm. which will put us in Alcatraz's front yard pretty quick. Okay. And, uh, so I, I'm leery of, you know, getting inside the 25-foot zone around mm-hmm. the national park. Were you really 25 feet from the national park? Yards. Did I say feet? You did, but okay. Oh, 25 yards, huge so, difference. Yeah, yes, sir. Yeah, yeah. 75 feet from no, the national I w- park. No, we never entered the 25-yard okay. exclusion zone okay. around the national park. But I was leery that it was coming, and I was not getting good uh, confirmation from the back because, you know, he's very busy helping this flight mech get mm-hmm. through the checklist and mm-hmm. so i moved the tail around a little bit you know it's a lot of wind i, I couldn't really see for sure that it was coming but i knew it was coming mm-hmm. and uh mm-hmm. and so eventually i was like hey blaze i'm sorry we're gonna have to go around and maybe maybe spongebob will come around come out on the other side and uh he's like okay and so you know we did part three or whatever and you made and, a conscious decision to leave the survivor on scene <sighs> and transition to forward flight so we air taxied around <laughs> to the other side and tried to reacquire SpongeBob. Roger, Roger. And we could not reacquire SpongeBob. So then I start running <laughs> search patterns to find SpongeBob. No, you started making calls on a different frequency back to the base <laughs> to make wanted posters or missing persons posters. I think you can run a search pattern and make some quick radio calls. <laughs> yeah, so we're running the search patterns. We get the boat. They're doing Victor Sierra's looking for SpongeBob. I think that, we're failing to mention nobody that at no time did anyone do a Victor Sierra. SpongeBob was also <laughs> the newest member of our air station. Oh my god. We had purchased him on like the beginning of the month and two weeks later, oh my gosh. Captain Wilson lost our newest yeah. member. We were talking about the fixed wing people, like, oh yeah, you always want to log the same amount of takeoffs as you do landings. <laughs> On this case, there was just one SpongeBob deployment. Yeah, there was no, no recovery. No recovery. No, no recovery. Yeah. Okay. Um, I got back to the, oh, do you want to tell the rest? I, You're taking no, it from I'm there? Enjoying, I am thoroughly enjoying this here. Yeah, you guys, man, somehow, even though you took off after us, you had bingo before us because you had to beat feet back to the air station. And We lost the flight mech upgrade oh. flight because we were looking for SpongeBob. Yeah, Because we for, needed SpongeBob, you were too. on Hunter's point arrival before <laughs> I could even finish giving up oh, my look. Oh, my God. Anyway, so we go back to the air station and shut down. And by then, they had plastered the base with, you know, missing person posters <laughs> with, you know, Patrick uh, lamenting the loss of his friend. Oh. And uh, they had made a mock SpongeBob uh, I don't know if that came that night, but anyway. So yeah, if anybody wants to again watch it, SpongeBob uh, tribute movie. It's on YouTube. Yes, yeah, so I think seven views. My favorite part of this story <laughs> is is in the details where th- this all happens. Uh, the posters come out, and like, that's great. And then um, me and Josh Murphy um, decided we're going to make a a video for the you know safety stand down, and we call EXO and we're like, hey EXO, would you be willing to participate in a video? And he's like, oh yeah, that sounds great. Um, had no idea what was coming. 
And so we're like, hey, sir, as you're aware, like there was a pretty significant mishap here about six months ago. <laughs> and he's like, he's got a serious face on, you know. And once he realized what we were talking about, you just saw his face just totally shift into like, I cannot believe you guys are about to ask me to do this interview. <laughs> I am entertaining you yeah. guys for this. Yep. And the best question I think we asked was like, um, at what point did you know SpongeBob wasn't coming home? And did you update the weight and balance <laughs> so that he was not accounted for when you came back to land? And uh, yeah, that's how uh, Tad Hegon Wilson he was, born. was born. Yeah. I like that your uh, kids ask uh, you to tell that story. Oh, they look, yeah. I mean, any guests come and they want me to tell that story. Uh, <laughs> they don't have to have anything to do with aviation or the Coast Guard. No. Nope. Tell, tell them the small oh, well, We need to make sure that they get this YouTube video link then oh, so well, they can yeah. tie it all in. 100%. Yeah. <laughs> um, I don't know. Shift, shift into a, um, a more serious note. Um, Sal, I think most people know you for how long you've been uh, flying the 65 and the, and the stories that you had along the way. And the one that I've heard specifically was a Yuli story that you had. Um, and I'm assuming that's when you were at Air Station Brooklyn. Yes. Uh, first tour. Yes. Okay. Um, what, where were you? When was this? What happened? And <laughs> okay. uh, I, I have so many questions about it. I don't even know where to start <laughs> okay. besides uh, like what happened on that day. Okay. I'll, I'll start at the beginning and uh, please okay, chime I'll in interject. if you have any questions. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it was um, October 30th, 1991. Mm -hmm. This was the, um, what's now known as the perfect storm. Right. Uh, back then it was called the storm of the century or the Halloween storm of yep. 91. Um, there had been obviously several cases going on that whole week, and this was the the weather was a result of basically three major weather weather patterns. That uh, one was coming across to the east coast. Mm -hmm. We had one up in the uh, uh, main uh, Canadian Maritime that kind of backed up and started heading back. Mm -hmm. and then we had Hurricane Grace, I think it was, coming up from the south. So all these uh, weather fronts combined, and uh, that that's what this the storm was all about. Well, there had been rescues going on all day long. The um, 106th uh, Rescue Wing out of uh, Gabreski Field on Long Island, mm -hmm. uh, they have PJs and mm -hmm. uh, C-130s doing in-flight refueling type of thing. Uh, they were, I'm not sure how many miles offshore, but they were quite a distance offshore uh, trying to uh, help and assist a sailboat that was, I think, demasted. Mm -hmm. um, so they, they had that going on um, during the day. I think it was still daytime at that that point. Uh, our aircraft at Brooklyn, we had one aircraft uh, with Lieutenant uh, then Jim Seaman, who's a retired just retired captain, Jim Seaman, former uh, CEO here at ALC mm -hmm. uh, when he retired. But uh, he was he had an aircraft up in Boston uh, from Brooklyn with mm -hmm. um, with uh, Greg Martin, and they were they had seen what the weather was doing, so they decided to uh, start heading back towards Brooklyn. Mm -hmm. Um, as they're crossing uh, Long Island Sound, they come across uh, an AIDS navigation boat, Coast, Coast Guard AIDS, AIDS navigation boat that capsized. And uh, it, I think it was a small, uh, I mean, they didn't have Tanbys back then, but it was something similar. Okay. Um, I think there were three or, three or four guys in the water. They, they picked those guys up, brought them. Just happened to fly. Just, yeah, I'm them. not sure exactly how they were notified, Whoa, but they, yeah. they were there, picked these guys up. Yeah. Then they had another case in, in route too, and um, they eventually made it back. They were... Um, just about as the duty section was relieving, okay. I, I was oncoming that night. And um, what were the flying conditions that uh, they had 
been going through. Is this is this day one when the storm was hitting, or was this post? I think this was as the storm was hitting okay. that, that day. So uh, it, it was uh, at this point maybe off of closer to Cape Cod, the center of the storm. Mm-hmm. So we um, uh, at that point while coming duty, it was still windy. We still had maybe uh, maybe ninety knots of wind, um, and it's actually started to clear a little bit at Brooklyn. It was still still overcast, but you know a high overcast type of thing. Mm-hmm. So. Um, so, you know, we checked the weather a little bit, went, did our normal uh, duty routine stuff. And um, I just want to back up real yeah. quick. Uh, 90 knots of wind is what you said. Yes. The current wind state was. Okay. Yes. That's, I mean, you said it so casually, but like 90 <laughs> knots of wind is, I mean, that's almost hurricane force. Is that hurricane force? Yeah, I think it is. Yeah. That's hurricane Seven force. Yeah. yeah. That's yeah. incredible. Yeah. And uh, along with that, uh, the seas uh, at one point were reported uh, 90 to 100 foot. Um, <laughs> but I think closer to shore, they're more like 50, 50 to 70, somewhere in there. Oh, my so, God. Uh, so that night around 10 o'clock, uh, we, get, we get the call to launch to um, uh, find the um, H-60 that had been uh, working at Sailboat Sarcase that afternoon. They had been trying to in-flight refuel with the C-130 on their way back to home base. Mm-hmm. Um, it was so turbulent that the... Um, the basket that trails behind the 130, uh, they were using their probe and trying to um, just couldn't get it. Trying to connect, couldn't do it. Um, you know, I guess they messed up the baskets pretty pretty good. And uh, at some point, they realized that we're not making it back to the beach, and um, they yeah, made a conscious yeah, they made a conscious decision to do a controlled ditching. Um, they, um, if I remember the story correctly, the uh, pilot in command basically came to a hover. Um, the Two PJs jumped out. I think the co-pilot jumped, and then he moved uh, moved a little ways away from them, and he ditched the aircraft and, and egressed uh, successfully. Wow. Um, now, the the one of the PJs, uh, I think it was Rick Smith was his name, um, they never recovered him. Um, and they're not sure why. Obviously, it was, it was dark. Um, you know, I'm guessing he maybe, um, instead of hitting the crest of a wave, landed in the trough of a wave. And, just never found again. Mm-hmm. Um, so we were, our mission was to go out there and, and search for him. What were the, what were the weather conditions at the time that you launched? Um, like I say, still winds were still gusting up around 90, 100 knots. Um, you start behind the hangar. <clears throat> we started in the lee of a hangar, yeah. hangar and, um, and, and, uh, started headed out. The, the uh, last known position was about, um, about a hundred miles from Brooklyn and about 70 miles offshore. Um, Directly south of, of Gabreski Airport, if you know where that is, out out in Long Island. Okay. Um, so that. Sorry, I don't want to interrupt your flow, but yeah. What was the ORM disguise? I mean, you just say like, "Oh, we just got the call and we took off." Well, it's but kind of one thing. I think thing. anyone yeah. now would be like, "We're not, uh, we're not going." Yeah. yeah. That that was one thing. Uh, thank you for bringing that up. I wanted to kind of hit on that. There really was not a whole lot of ORM back then. It's like I got the information. Uh, we're going, and that, that's it. Uh, there was no discussion <laughs> with the crew, no, no nothing um, that I, that I recall. I mean, that we went over what the mission was going to be, what we we're looking for, right. but it wasn't until we basically got underway uh, and and, and um, realized that as the further we got towards scene, the weather ha- was starting to deteriorate even more. Uh, so there was a that C one same C one thirty that was. Um, trying to refuel the 60 mm-hmm. was still on scene at that point. Mm-hmm. And, um, we finally were able to get a hold of him and, um, you know, we, we asked what's, what's the weather like out there. 
And he says, I'm in and out of IMC at about 200 feet. And, you know, seas were still, they're still calling the 80 to 90 foot seas. And, and of course it's dark. And uh, so we're like, wow. You know, so, yeah. So what are we doing? So um, a couple things in route that um, you always hear the adage, um, uh, idle low, look out below. Right? Oh, yeah. So at that time, I don't know if it's, I can't remember if it still is, but the uh, altitude hold mode was based on barometric pressure. Mm-hmm. So as we're flying into a very low pressure system mm-hmm. and I, I was a safety pilot, um, the other guy was flying, obviously. Uh, I noticed we were up altitude hold and my rad out was down at about 200 feet. And I'm going like, why are we down this low? And because we were supposed to be up around five, 700, we were, we were and uh, so I'm thinking that we went from high pressure to low pressure that was messing with the, yeah. uh, the barometric altimeter. Uh, but right out didn't lie. So, <laughs> right, so, right. so we're like, okay. And then uh, a few times on the way out there, um, I noticed airspeed started dropping off. We're getting like, you know, 50, 40 knots. So I would go, you know, watch your power, watch your power. And so we'd pull in some power. We'd get going again. Were you in the a tailwind on the way out? Or, uh, uh, we had at that point like a left crosswind. Okay. So, um, so we, uh, just about the time we get to scene, uh, we're talking to the C-130 still. And he, and he says, oh, wait, Coast Guard, I have to depart scene. I'm going like, why? Because he was our only cover at the time. Right. And uh, apparently they had like an engine oil indicating problem on one of their four engines. So... They had to go back. So I had to leave. So we're out there basically by ourselves now. Yeah. And um, so we get to, we set up a sector search. Uh, the first leg was, um, was 10 miles long, directly into the wind. Mm-hmm. Wind was out of the north. And we, so we, we start to search. And we're in and out of, you know, IMC, just visibility is terrible. Uh, every occasionally I'd see like a white crest of a wave go by my window. <laughs> so I'm thinking, oh what was your altitude? Uh, well, were you trying to hit? we were tr- trying to stay up around 500 feet, but I would notice that, um, the red out was all over the place. It was just, it would go from like 500 to, you know, like 50, you know, it was just, it was that type of range it was doing. Whoa. So, so I was like, so I told the, I asked the pilot in command, I says, Hey, we're, I says, we're, we're too low. We can't stay this low. I says, why don't we listen for, for beacons and, and look for strobes? And uh, at that time, they still had the 282.8 on the, mm-hmm. on the beacon yep. voice, uh, voice radio. So, um, so he said, okay, so we'll, we'll do that. So at this time, we're getting about the end of that 10-mile leg, and now we got to make that right-hand 120-degree turn, mm-hmm. right? And uh, as we're... Just before we get there, uh, they were launching a H three and a and a Falcon from Cape Cod, and I could just barely make out that that they were airborne. Mm-hmm. But I, I couldn't talk to them. I was trying to establish comms with them. I couldn't. I was trying to establish comms with uh, at that time a group Mariches. Mm-hmm. I couldn't couldn't get a hold of them either. So um, <clears throat> so we're so we're we're out there on flight director modes. We we're starting to make this turn, and. Back then, we had the RRUs. We were to two RRUs up mm-hmm. uh, in front of each pilot. So as I'm reaching to hit the little green button to change frequencies, <clears throat> I see the airspeed indicators pegged at zero, and we're about 30 degrees nose up. And you know, I look, I look over at the uh, pilot flying, and all I would say was, you know, power, power, power. And because, and I think he might have got vertigo at that point because mm-hmm. he just put his hands in the air and said, "Your, you know, your controls." <laughs> so I'm like. Wow. So I come on the controls and, you know, I knew what the C state, I didn't want to, 
put the nose too low. So I, I remember putting about five degrees nose down and I just mm-hmm. pulled an armful of power mm-hmm. <laughs> and um, we ended up flying out of it. And we ended up climbing, kept climbing to like 4,000 feet. Oh, yeah. At that point we got bingo and I was like, yes, thank you very much. So we didn't go back to Brooklyn, but we went back to uh, Kabreski, their, their home plate. Yeah. And um, uh, the, the thing was to uh, actually over torque the airplane so we were going to do an overtorque inspection and refuel and head back out. So um, <clears throat> you were going to head back out after that happened. Yeah. So, <laughs> yes. Okay. That's so, crazy. And I'm I'm even thinking about like the C-130. Like they know their boys are in the water. Like oh, we got engine indicating system. Like we're out of here. And you're like, what am I doing here? Yeah, you know? Exactly. Jeez. Yeah. 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 I mean, you know, it felt like one of our own. So we wanted to make you know best effort we could to, oh, to find this guy. Absolutely. Yeah. So. Um, so we, um, we land at uh, Kabreski and I shut down. I, I jump out of the plane. I'm just standing there, you know, just breathing heavy and trying to figure out what the heck just happened. And um, my flight mech, uh, he comes around the, front, the nose of the aircraft and he actually gets on his knees and he's hugging my, my, my legs saying, thank you, thank you, thank you. And, I, and I'm going, like, oh, okay, all right. You know, you're welcome. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, what's going on? What's going on? And I, I says, um, so... So I said, you okay? And he goes, he says, well, he says, he says, we were spinning so fast. He says, I was trying to get my vest inflated and the door open. He says, but we were spinning so fast. I couldn't do any of that. I'm like, and you know, I'm going like spinning. (laughs) So, so I never looked at heading. I was a little focused on attitude and power. And, and, um, so granted back in 1991, we didn't even call it Yuli back then. I think it was a loss of terror or effectiveness. Mm. And we really didn't know any, much about it, right. quite honestly. Yeah. And it wasn't until years later that, um, you know, we came out with the Yuli face and, and that whole thing. And, oh, and, yeah. and I went through it. And I, I think we were in just about every one of those wind azimuths <laughs> at, at some point. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, because um, maybe with the exception of the main rotor to tail rotor uh, interaction, but uh, all the rest of them, we were, you know, dead in it. And I could see, yeah, I could see how we, we were spinning. Do you know how many spins uh, you did? Uh, I or? have no idea. Yeah. No Which idea. I mean, for the flat mech to say we were spinning so fast, I couldn't, I couldn't do it. reach I, out and get the door yeah. open yeah. or inflate my vest. Yeah. It was, and to recover the aircraft. Yeah. After that, I mean. Yeah, to recover the aircraft. <clears throat> you didn't go back out that night, did you? <laughs> we, we started to. Um, we got the overtorque inspection done. By this time, it's around 3, 4 in the morning. So we... Um, we're, uh, I took the, the right seat this time, and we're, we're out on the taxi line, heading out to the runway, and this seagull is just sitting there on the yellow taxiway line with his back towards us. And um, so I stopped the aircraft. <laughs> Next thing I know, he spreads his wings to, to fly, and the wind just blew him right up into our rotor system, and, and it was just blood and guts all over the windscreens. And I says, well... I guess, yeah, <laughs> I guess, I guess we're time done. Turn around. I guess yeah. we're done. So, so, well, so almost we a, as if somebody was throwing you a sign. Like, yeah, don't go, exactly. Yeah, don't so, go back out. Yeah. So we went back and had to do, you know, bird strike inspection that whole bit. And by that yeah. time, you know, sun was coming up and, and, um, I believe if I remember the story correctly, the, the H3 had actually, um, seen a strobe light and it was one of the crew that bailed out and they actually tried to put a basket down and get this guy. And it was just, Basco was so far back that yeah. there was no way they could do it. So, mm-hmm. uh, so luckily the uh, Tamarora, the Cutter Tamarora, was yep. was there. Yep. And if, if you haven't read that excerpt of I how have. they got those people out of the water, you got to read it. It's just an amazing story. Unbelievable so, rescue. Yeah. 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 So, um, so yeah. 
I mean, I, I'm, I know I'm not the first, probably not the last person to ask you about the story. I mean, you've probably told this story a million times. Is it just a, a faint memory at this point or is it something that, that you ever replay in your head? Because um, it's such a traumatic, for me just listening to it, it's such a traumatic uh, flying experience that I feel like that would really, not necessarily haunt me, but I would think about it quite often. Yeah, no, I, I do actually think yeah. about it a lot and a lot of people ask about it. Um, and you can almost tell by my voice it gets I get you know yeah. a little bit a little bit um, excited about it, but um, but yeah, it was a you know significant emotional event. <laughs> yeah, the flight mate <laughs> grabbing your knees and 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 thanking you is what gets me. Yeah, and I can still to this day just feel him trembling. Yeah, you know, and it's just it was like wow. Man. You know, and I think he actually got out of the Coast Guard shortly after that. So then you continue to fly for six thousand more hours. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, go figure. Right? Yeah. So, like, yeah. So. <laughs> So wow. Just get back on the horse again. Yeah, I, I mean, that's, uh, to, to be honest, I mean, jumping into that, that's kind of a pilot mentality. You know, something happens and, and one of the things that we do, even in mishaps, right, we get back on the horse and we continue to fly. We can continue to go back to our normal training yeah. routine. And yeah. I mean, it's almost cathartic. You know you know what that's going to be and you just continue to do that. Yeah. yeah. Man. Yeah, I'm, I'm still stuck on that you guys even took off because you're like 90 knots. You're like, all right, we can fly 100. <laughs> What happens if we have like a tailwind now? And you're like, we're gonna make 20 knots over the ground. Like we can make it 20 miles. Now we gotta turn <laughs> yeah, around yeah, yeah. and come back. So yeah, my goodness, wasn't yeah. a whole lot of that discussion to take place. Yeah. Or just, or up. how do you? I mean, you start behind a hangar. How do you safely taxi an aircraft into the wind? Do you like? Do you pick up into a hover and then just as soon as you clear the crest of the hangar building, you just get shot like 500 feet in the air? <laughs> Dude, like, you better put some forward cyclic in. Otherwise, going backwards. Well, there, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Like, yeah. So, I don't know. What do you, what do you yeah. think, sir? Man, I, yeah, I don't know. You can't taxi around it because you'll be, you know, beam two. Yeah. You yeah. come, out, yeah. you know, then you're dynamic all the, yeah. all the left cyclic or, or whatever you have to try to. Yeah. I, I actually don't remember the takeoff, quite honestly. But, yeah, you could uh, yeah. hover taxi yeah. with your nose facing it. Yeah. You know, sideways. I mean, we couldn't really go forward because we had the hangar in front of us. But yeah. Right. Yeah. Man, that's wild. Yeah. What a story, sir. That's, that's incredible. All right, folks. We're going to take a pause from the episode right there. My skin's tingling from just listening to that story that Sal was telling. Holy cow. Like, what do you do in that situation? Uh, especially just the emotional aspect of it with the flight mech coming and hugging them on the legs afterwards is that's a heavy one. But uh, both these uh, Titans of Aviation, we're looking forward to it. We, we actually split the episode in half here for you. So um, I'll leave it with that. We'll get back uh, in a couple of weeks and uh, get back with some more storytelling from the two of them. Enjoy. We say goodbye, but now-